Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck, and today we are joined by Liz Cascone, Director of The Haven, Hannah Artelli-Stravers, Assistant Director of Health Promotion, Priya Singh of Hope, and Erica Eubank from The Haven. Welcome to all of you. And today we're going to be talking about healthy relationships. It's Domestic Violence Prevention Awareness Month, and... uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the background? I want you all to introduce yourselves, Liz, and uh, talk about the work that you're doing over in the Haven. Great, thanks. Uh, my name is Liz Cascone. I'm the director of the Haven. Uh, essentially, my role at the Haven is to, one, work with students um, who have concerns or questions about uh, this sort of large umbrella term that we call sexual misconduct, which includes uh, challenges that students might have in relationships. And my other role is to really um, train and uh, supervise our over 30 volunteers at the Haven who uh, are peer advocates and work with students um, one-on-one to support them and help them understand their resources. Um, I'm Erica. Um, I'm one of those peer advocates that Liz was referring to. Um, I'm a senior, so I've been doing it about three years, um, and we just kind of provide peer support um, and empathetic listening and um, materials for survivors to use to help with whatever situation they're dealing with. All right. Hi, my name is Priya Singh. Um, I'm also a senior here at William Mary. I am a member of Health Outreach Peer Educators, also known as HOPE, and I am our Healthy Relationships and Sexual Violence Prevention Specialist. So I coordinate all of our workshops on campus that deal with those issues and just respond to anyone on campus who wants a training in any of those issues. Awesome. Glad you all are here. I'm Hannah Artile-Stravers from the Office of Health Promotion. And um, in my role, I focus specifically in sexual violence prevention, all kinds of violence, so domestic violence, but also sexual violence. Um, And I'm just so grateful to have students who are passionate about this issue to help us talk further about it. Um, In order to make sure that we have a a conversation that is inclusive and thoughtful about all different types of relationships, we felt it would be important for us to share our own identities and kind of what experiences we're bringing into the room. And so um, I am a white, cisgendered, straight woman who really cares about these issues, has been working in these issues for many years, and um, I'm just really glad to have the opportunity to discuss with students about relationships and, and what, how good they can be, what healthy can look like. Thanks, Hannah, for offering your perspective. I myself am the um, daughter of two Indian immigrants, so I've always wanted to bring a more diverse perspective to these issues. Um, I'm also a member of the LGBTQ plus community, so I also want to bring a more diverse perspective when it comes to uh, non-heterosexual relationships. Awesome. Um, I am a cis, white, bisexual woman. Um, so I do have like an LGBTQ perspective to these issues that I sort of like to bring forward. And um, I'm very passionate about learning more about healthy relationships and um, sort of talking to people about anything relating to that. Thanks. And um, I 
also am white. I identify as non-binary. I consider myself uh, part of the queer community. Um, And I'm older, (laughs) so (laughs) my perspective might be a little bit different than some of the students, uh, for better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I think we have uh, extreme ideas of what domestic violence might look like, but let's lead with um, healthy relationships. So what is it that students really need to know? What does that look like when you're engaging in healthy, positive relationships? Yeah, I think it's um, important that we talk about not only what the red flags are in our relationship, but like what are the foundations of a healthy relationship? And this goes for any type of relationship, not just romantic ones. Um, And it really comes down to communication and boundaries Uh, boundaries as in establishing what your needs are and finding how you and another person can be compatible in meeting those boundaries for each other. I think it's important to recognize that this isn't always an easy process, but if you really love someone, I think that you can always find an agreement um, and work through communication and boundaries together. Yeah, definitely. I feel like communication is definitely like one of the keystone parts of a relationship. Um, Because if you're not voicing your needs or your boundaries to someone, um, they might not know what those things are for you. Um, And I also think it's really important because I feel like when most people think of domestic violence, they think of just in terms of a romantic relationship. So I completely agree with what you said where it can apply to friendships or like family relationships. So, yeah. So what are those qualities that you're really looking for in a healthy relationship? I think a really big one is a general curiosity in each other and trying to understand what that person enjoys, what's their passions in life. I think that's a really great um, green flag, if you will, in a relationship. And I think um, another key point of communication, we live in a digital age and it can be really hard to have conversations over text. And so a really healthy part of a relationship is you can bring things up or important issues up over text. However, you always want to try and maybe call that person or talk to them in person because that can really clear up any sort of issues that comes about in a relationship. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I actually, in my life, I have a rule where if I have like a conflict with someone, I'm like, we cannot like text about this. Like that is not okay. So I think um, talking to people in person, you can pick up more of their like body language and like, more of you can pick up better on like how they feel about the situation Um, and I think people can read things the wrong way in text messages a lot of the time Um, for me I think in relationships something that's really important is sort of uplifting each other and everything that you want to do and just supporting um, whatever your partner's goals and like aspirations are Um, instead of just kind of like inserting your idea of what you think they should do. And you've mentioned boundaries uh, opening up to this conversation. How do you encourage people to start to identify their own and then also to be able to communicate when you feel that those are being violated? Yeah, um, understanding your boundaries is a really hard thing. Um, And I think what I had to do to understand my boundaries was when I was having these knee-jerk reactions of being upset or being angry, really analyzing where those um, emotions were coming from. And then I could lead it back to, oh, this action that my partner did or that my friend did really upset me. And so maybe talking to them about 
hey, can we maybe not do this in the future? Because it really led to this emotional reaction from me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of the times people might be nervous to bring up things that are bothering them, but I think it's good to have the perspective of if you don't bring up things that are bothering you, you're sort of not um, holding up like your end of the relationship like for yourself. So I think it's definitely a good thing to voice like what's bothering you. And just to follow up with both of what you have said about boundaries, I heard recently something that's really stuck with me um, about we learn about our boundaries maybe when they are crossed. And so it's not that we didn't define it well enough or we should have known to communicate that beforehand, but we should be empowered in our relationships to be able to say, you know, that didn't really feel good. And so I'm going to, I'm creating a boundary. I know I'm, I might be changing something from how we were relating before, but now this is a new boundary for me that I would ask you to respect. We just might not know it until it becomes an issue. And what does a healthy relationship not look like? Is it consistent with neglecting the boundaries that you've established? Are there some other things that we should be aware of? Um, I think definitely neglecting the boundaries would be like the number one red flag um, in a relationship. Um, And I think an important part of those boundaries would definitely be consent. And so a lack of consent to me is like the number one, like big red flag in a relationship. Um, And maybe not giving your partner the space they need to like be their own person, I think would be another one. Yeah, I would agree with Erica that it does come down to a lot of times neglecting boundaries, but I also would like to emphasize that it's not great when someone, when you communicate a boundary and they make you feel bad what makes you feel bad for communicating that boundary and you should always feel open and welcome to express your own emotions and your own opinions um yeah yeah i would add to things to kind of look out for from a broader uh context about um the relationship and the power dynamics that exist so even in friendships or other relationships but is my opinion or my hobby or my uh, way, my style, is it respected as much as my, my partner in our relationship? Do we um, each kind of bring ourselves, as Erica said, that you, you know, are individuals um, separate and apart and better together, but um, that you have some of that definition, some of that boundary of your own likes and dislikes, and they can be different from each other. And then talking about consent also, how do we start to engage in these conversations? What is, what's an example that you could illustrate where really bringing up that conversation, the topic of consent would, would apply? Yeah, consent is definitely a tricky thing to know how to do right because we don't really see, you know, when we see relationships portrayed in media, it's never a conversation that we see brought up. And so it's important that if you are interested in, you know, engaging in sexual activity with your partner to have a conversation maybe beforehand about boundaries and what's off limits, what's um, on limits. And so, yeah, you should definitely, even though it might be hard and might feel awkward to have that conversation, it's definitely needed and can definitely improve your relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also important to emphasize that consent is an important part of not just like short-term relationships, but more long-term ones as well. Um, Because consent is always active 
and um, it's good to sort of reaffirm what your partner is and isn't okay with. And you mentioned the media, but where do we really start to learn about relationships and what a healthy one looks like for us? I think for me and for a lot of people, I started to learn about relationships through my family, um, especially through my parents and sort of like how they interact with each other. Um, And I think that that in combination with the media is mostly where I got my like information for relationships. Um, Yeah. I feel like I didn't really learn much about what a healthy relationship meant to me until I started dating in high school or my teenage years. And that's when like Hannah was saying that you sometimes have to experiment and go through relationships to then know what your boundaries are. And so for me, that was part of my learning process and just experiencing different types of relationships, romantic, friendship, roommate relationships really taught me about myself and what I need from um, anyone who's in my life. And what do you think is some of the most harmful advice that is probably maybe the easiest to access um, or we really need to go through this unlearning process? I think in the media, I think unequal power dynamics are a big one. Um, But it's really important for partners to have sort of like an equal level of respect for each other and like an equal um, like amount of importance within their relationship. I think a, a huge thing to unlearn is how to be a good bystander to an unhealthy relationship. Because I think it's very much just, if you're a bystander, then you should, and you see an unhealthy relationship, you need to encourage that person to get out of it. And like, for example, if you, if your friend is in an abusive relationship, it's really easy for you to say that they need to leave and you might get mad at that friend if they choose not to leave. But I think we need to recognize that um, one of the major problems with abuse is the abuser makes... um, the victim feel like they cannot leave and whether subconsciously or consciously that person knows it, they know that leaving the relationship will make their life worse than if they were just in the relationship. So I think we need to unlearn how to, or just telling people to leave a relationship and instead focus more on supporting that person while they're in the relationship. I also think a big part of abusive relationships is the abuser making the other person feel isolated. So I think supporting your friends when they're in those relationships could help sort of break that isolating feeling. And how do you start to begin that conversation? That's a good question. Um, I think it's, sometimes it may not not be just a conversation, but just in doing things that you know that that friend or whoever likes to do. And so maybe like, Erica is saying making them feel less isolated and taking them out for ice cream or doing one of their favorite activities with them could definitely just help them feel supported in a really tough time. I think bringing up that sort of conversation is never super comfortable with someone you're close with, but um, I think it would be good to approach them and be like, hey, like I noticed like this was happening and that seems pretty unhealthy to me and I just wanted to like hear your thoughts on that. So that might be a good way to start the conversation. I think that's a great idea, Erica, and maybe suggesting ways that you would hope relationships might look like. And so 
you know, when we're, when we were talking about what we need to unlearn or where we learn about relationships, there's sort of this idea of like the relationship saga, but we're loyal to each other and we just love each other so much that we just really take every issue that comes up seriously and we have to fight over it. And sometimes I just want to say, well, is this adding to your experience and, and your enjoyment of life or is this really bringing you down? Um, and sometimes just to reflect on it that way. Uh, and I would like us to unlearn this, you know, required loyalty and we love each other so much. We're going to change for each other. Or, you know, they'll change for me. Um, language to my hope being that folks can find relationships that make them feel more like themselves and most, you know, most happy and comfortable. I think just to add on to that, um, one statement that I heard that really changed my view of relationships is sometimes love is not enough. Relationships require compatibility and in lots of different ways. And even if you love each other, maybe you cannot have a serious relationship with each other or a relationship altogether just because you're incompatible. So if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're really questioning the health of a relationship, what are some things that you can do? Um, I think with on within William and Mary's campus, um, the Haven is a really great resource to go to if you're ever um, finding yourself in a situation where you don't exactly know what to do. Um, it's a great place for peer support for students. And I think just even the, the ability to go somewhere and talk it out. You know, sometimes folks, I've heard from students well, I don't think my situation is serious enough to go talk to somebody at the Haven. Um, but that's not the case at all, you know, in, in terms of coming to the Haven. It, if you need to talk out something that's going on in your relationship, um, the Haven is still a place to come and do that. Is there a reason, Liz, why we might downplay a situation that we're facing and, and make it possibly more minor than it might be? Well, I think, you know... I think there are a lot of reasons, you know, for that. Um, when we generally have challenges in our lives, we often the first place we're going to look is, did I do something? Am I causing this? What's wrong with me? Um, and, we, and we sort of go to that self-blaming place or we sort of minimize it and say, well, this issue, this thing I'm dealing with with my significant other isn't as bad as, you know, this example over here or my friend over here or what my parent, how my parents, you know, um, fought, you know, and so I say, so we just kind of get to that place where, you know, we keep repeating to ourselves, this is not that big of a deal. Right. Um, and so I think if you're even, if you're, if you hear yourself saying that, that's one indication of, well, maybe, maybe it's time to talk to somebody and, um, talk things out and, and um, come to a place where you can get some perspective on, on whatever your experience is. Yeah. Are there any other signs or say I'm involved in a situation that is really not the healthiest place for me to be in? Maybe I'm exploring this and starting to develop that budding awareness of it. Are there other aspects or elements of that relationship that I should be paying attention to to cue me into um, the status of it? I think in general, if you're really struggling with an action that um, someone may have done, whether it's something they said, 
or uh, some boundary that they crossed, I think that that's always just a sign. Um, I think a lot of times when we are dealing with emotional abuse, it's really hard for us to tell when the boundary has been crossed because it's, for example, with physical abuse, you can, it's like a direct action against your being that you can tell that is not okay. But with emotional abuse, it's sometimes harder to tell whether, or you might not feel as valid when it's emotional abuse. So if you're ever just questioning um, something that happened, it you're completely valid in whatever feeling that you have after any action, and you are always welcome to come talk to someone at the Haven if you want. Because really, we all deserve a healthy relationship, right? This is not a way that we should be spending our, our precious time engaging in things that don't serve us. Um, so we talked about the Haven. What are some of the other resources that we have available on campus? Certainly, um, in addition to the Haven, uh, the Counseling Center is a great resource for folks to talk about relationships or the impact of relationships on, on them and their mental health. Um, and there are other groups on campus that um, try and raise awareness and do prevention programming um, around these issues, whether that's Hope or someone you know um, or or other initiatives that other organizations um, are hosting, I think there's lots of opportunity to get involved and meet like-minded students um, who are coming from the same place uh, or may have had similar experiences um, uh, who would be a great support to other students, even though their purpose might be prevention, uh, the, the impact of meeting other folks who have had similar experiences and doing something together to sort of change that narrative or change the culture, I think can be really impactful for folks. And I just like to say, like, while we do have so many great resources on campus, I have been told by certain students on this campus that they don't feel particularly comfortable using on campus resources, specifically uh, people of color. Um, and so I just want to say that if you would like to use a resource that's not on campus, um, the Avalon in Williamsburg also has um, confidential counseling services where you can go talk to someone if you want to go somewhere that's not on campus. That's great. Thanks for sharing. And we'll include that access information in the, the notes of the show. What is the best way for folks to get into contact with the Haven if needed? Um, so the, in the Haven, you can either just walk in. You don't have to have an appointment to come into the space. Um, or you can make a Zoom or phone call or in-person appointment online on our website. Um, yeah, very accessible. Um, we, we're continuing to use Zoom um, throughout the semester, so people that can't come into the space can still um, receive services. Where is that space, Erica? Um, it's in Campus Center. It is. Campus Center uh, 166 is the um, room number of the Haven. It is next to Unity Hall, kind of behind uh, Tribe Card Services. So we're sort of tucked back in a more uh, confidential location where there's less traffic and not as many other offices around. Any parting words of advice for building healthy relationships? I mean, one thing that if folks are really interested in learning more about healthy relationships, dialoguing about it, um, 
The Haven does offer a group called Healthy Connections. It's for any student who wants to learn skills around developing healthy relationships um, and talk with others about how to develop healthy relationships. And it's not just a discussion about romantic relationships necessarily, but friendships and or family relationships. So folks can find information about Healthy Connections on our website, which is uh, wm.edu slash thehaven. Uh, and they can sign up um, right from the website if they're interested in participating in that group. And if there's a specific um, topic on healthy relationships that you want, HOPE does tailored programs for any organization. If you have a request for a program, you can reach out to us on TribeLink. All right, all of you. Hannah, Priya, Liz, Erica, thank you all so much for joining us on, on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for the support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Eric Garrison, Colin Frost, Jenny Helmendaller, Ben Heath, Daria Moody, and me, Lindsay Hacker.